Yes. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, again, we thank you. We thank you for your great love to us. Thank you for the cross, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this event in history, Lord, that uh, shouts out your love for us, Lord, how much uh, we matter to you, what value you place upon us, that you died for each one of us here in this place today, Lord. Thank you. Uh, we pray for dear Nick, Lord, that you anoint him with your word, with your message, with your Holy Spirit. Um, but we pray for our own hearts as well, Lord Jesus. Lord, it's, it's great when a message comes, Lord, with the anointing of your spirit on it. But Lord, our hearts need to receive what you're saying, Lord. Our hearts need to be ready to respond, Lord. We pray, help us, Lord Jesus, to have hearts ready, hearts soft hearts vulnerable to you, to your word, Lord Jesus, that you can change us this morning, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to carry on this morning on this this uh, theme of prayer. And uh, the uh, my subject this morning is the joy of prayer. That prayer is, is something that uh, we should actually and could actually enjoy. Um, so just wanted to tell you uh, something that happened to me on Christmas Day. Christmas Day was a great day for me. Really enjoyed uh, that. But it started very early, uh, 5.50, 10 to 6. Um, my phone went off. Um, I'd forgotten to switch it on uh, on to off. So it went, it, uh, it went on. <laughs> and um, uh, the, it was Ella. Anybody remember Ella? There's a picture of Ella here. Um, she was Ivan's friend uh, who was in the cafe. She had a massive heart attack outside his cafe. Cafe. She fell down. I went to the uh, special uh, kind of um, tea thing to say goodbye to her that Ivan did and sat next to her and really got to know her, really for the first time properly. Uh, I had a book I wanted to give to her. So the day before she went back to Mauritius, um, I was uh, able to just pray with her in the evening. And so she rang me. Um, on uh, uh, Christmas Day and she was so excited if you know the story she told us that day listen to the story it's incredible that she was and her neighbor non-Christian neighbor who was there said to me at that tea she said I was there when it happened she fell down like uh, in front of my street she said I called uh, the, the 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 ambulance and I watched them take out the oxygen because they kind of presumed that was it and for 32 or 33 minutes she had no oxygen and it was an extraordinary thing they thought she was going to die the only discussion was when are you going to take out life support but after uh, people praying and she, uh, Ivana Niketch who's in a coma she came back to life again and she said to me uh, she just rang up that morning and uh, I looked up afterwards Mauritius time it was about 11 o'clock <laughs> but she was just so excited she was I think 73 maybe 75 years old and she was just so happy and she just said oh I'm so grateful to God you know and and, and coming to church that day she said you were all so kind you were all so supportive but she said I've been telling all my friends because my husband came to England and he came to, te- to tell, um, uh, yeah, he, he said he, he was coming to England to get my funeral ready. 
And I've come back and everybody saying, but we thought you were dead. She said, but I'm alive. And it was like, like talking to Lazarus. And, um, uh, it turned out it was a, a video call. So I kind of gone under the bed cover so that I didn't wake everybody in the house. And then I realized that she's like looking at me in the dark. So, uh, I, I, I got out and, uh, and, 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 uh, she could see my, see my, my tired and surprised face. And she showed me all the mountains she's living on in Mauritius. And she was just so happy. And that's a little bit of a theme this morning, is joy. Joy in prayer, joy in God. And um, I once read a book uh, years ago called The Happiest People on Earth. So when Luke, by the way, gave that word about joy this morning, he didn't know I was going to talk about this. Um, he was just sharing. And God is obviously saying to people, we need to find joy in our circumstances. We need to find joy in God to take us through our circumstances. So I just, I'm going to talk a little bit about joy. I prepared that this morning. Uh, so I read this book. It was one of those books that everybody is reading. Such an amazing book um, uh, set in Armenia, these persecuted people, um, and uh, God moved powerfully amongst them. There is an astonishing miracle in, of healing in there as well, as somebody who had multiple f- fractures I think it was his sister uh, in a car crash, and she was completely healed. She watched her in hospital when she he went in with a guy called Charles Price to pray for her. She was lying there with all the weights around her. And when they prayed, all these weights started flying around the place uh, as God touched her body and completely healed her. It was an amazing miracle. Our God does miracles. I'm more and more convinced and excited about it. But we as the church should be the happiest people on earth. That doesn't mean that we have to pretend to be happy. We come on Sunday morning, we put on our happy face, you know, or you're you're a good Christian if you're happy, but there is just joy in the Lord, and we can discover it, and we need to. The joy of Jesus, Hebrews 1.9 said, you've loved righteousness, you've hated wickedness, therefore God, your God, has anointed you, and is talking about Jesus, with the oil of joy more than your companions. So Jesus, it says here in Hebrews, was indeed the happiest person on earth. Sometimes we think of him in the pictures, he's always glum, isn't he? He hasn't got a smile on his face. But he had oil of joy above his fellows. It was one of the characteristics of Jesus. And in our experience, it says in 1 Peter 1, 8, though you have not seen him, and this is the passage, wasn't it? You love him, though you do not see him now, you believe in him, and you rejoice with a joy that is inexpressible, and filled with glory. That's how the Apostle Peter, the fisherman, had that in his experience. He had experienced a happiness that was so great, he said, I can't even express this thing in my heart. And the reason it's so amazing, it's filled with glory. It's filled with the very presence of God. It's not an ephemeral happiness that depends upon our circumstances. It is the joy that comes from the very presence of God. And don't worry if you've only experienced a little of this, or or there's just a whole lot more for us to discover. And this morning, I want us to raise our sights. I want me, myself, to think, God, show me more, give me more, take me into more. 
in the midst of a very severe trial, it says in 2 Corinthians, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. They were a people overflowing with joy, even though they were extremely poor. Maybe in your part of your trial is that you don't feel very happy. It could be that you've been suffering from clinical depression and people do that when it just seems that there isn't any happiness, there isn't any joy. But my experience tells me, and the Bible teaches me as well, Psalm 30 verse 5, tears may flow in the night, but joy comes in the morning. And I've been through a lot of trials, a lot of things that would be quite depressing But joy has come. God is faithful. And tears are for a season. But joy will come. And we need to hang on to God. Jesus said to the guy who he given the talents to, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And that's what we're talking about this morning in prayer. How do we enter into the joy of our master, the joy of prayer, the joy of prayer, the joy of answered prayer. John 16, verse 24, I assure you that whatever you ask the Father, he will give you in my name. Up to now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask now and you will receive that your joy may be overflowing. We have got so many things we can pray about. The Bible says pray about everything. And I'm learning, I'm trying to do that. Joe and I, we pray about the smallest thing. We pray about the big things. We pray about the small things. We pray about the parking. We pray about the shopping. We pray about the day. We pray about the people we're going to meet. We were praying last night together about our talks. We pray where we can about everything. And God delights to answer our prayer, that your joy may be overflowing. He wants us to experience the joy of answer prayer. I said to Bob, even this morning, God has already answered one of my prayers. And this isn't pride. I'm just giving you an example. I was thinking, what can, example can I think of? And this morning I said to the Lord, it would be great to have more people praying in the prayer meeting. And as I was putting out the chairs in the little prayer room at the back, um, uh, I thought, it would be great. And I wonder if we won't have enough chairs this morning. There were two people standing. <laughs> he answers prayer, and it gave me joy. He wants us to pray so that he can give us more joy. Most of all, the joy is in his presence. David said this. He said, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. He said, I have drunk from the river of your delights. John Wesley said, Christianity is an experiential religion. Christianity is an experiential religion. God wants us to feel something. You see, we don't go by our feelings, but the first three fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, and peace. Well, certainly joy and peace, you know, 
it's not an intellectual thing, is it? It's happiness that flows from the Holy Spirit. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. There are many things I could talk about prayer this morning. There are many aspects of prayer. Um, you know, praying for other things, uh, asking God for things, spiritual warfare, any number of things. But the one thing I really want to get this morning is there is joy in His presence. It's that connection with God. It is the most important thing of all. George Muller, that famous guy uh, who built those orphanages by faith for the orphans in Bristol, He said, the first and most important thing I do in the day is I ensure that my soul is happy in the Lord. You see, he knew that he couldn't get by the day. And I'm the same. If I don't pray, I'm miserable. I'm probably horrible as well, actually. I need the joy of the Lord. I just need that. I'm not saying I need overflowing, overwhelming joy that is inexpressible and full of glory, but I need something. And at the beginning of the day, if by lunchtime I haven't just spent some time with God, I feel empty. I feel like my, my, my day is being a bit wasted. I'm used to experiencing something of God. And honestly, that should be our experience, that if all we have is a taste, if all we have is the fragrance of his presence, but we carry something in us that satisfies our souls. As I was sitting in the meeting this morning, I felt God gave me a picture, and it was of a Rolls Royce and an old banger. (laughs) A little beaten up old car. And I kind of felt like he was saying, when I was thinking about what could that mean, that he would rather go to the old banger than the Rolls Royce. So often we we think we're accepted by God for what we do. Think, wow, I've had a, a brilliant week. I've been amazing this week, God. You know, I've been really nice to people. I've prayed. I've done all this stuff. You know, now I'm acceptable to you. I can come into your presence. I really praise the Lord on Sunday morning. But no, no. He wants us to be aware of our need. And as Jim Simbler, the pastor of Brooklyn Tabernacle in New York said, God is attracted to weakness. There's something there for some of us this morning. God is attracted to weakness. You don't have to be a Rolls Royce to pray. It's our weakness in prayer that makes it happen. The moment I think I can pray, I probably can't pray very well. The Bible says in Romans 7, is it? Uh, you know, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, not in our strength. So this morning we are saying, God, help us. Let's just pray again. Bob prayed at the beginning. Let's pray one more time. Let's close our eyes. Father, we just thank you for your love for us, Lord. Thank you that you are a great God. Thank you that you are a God of inexpressible joy. Thank you that there is joy in heaven, the Bible says. Lord God, We want to experience that ourselves, Lord. We want to taste and see that the Lord is good. 
We want that to be our experience, Lord. But we come to you today as all bangers, Lord, not as Rolls Royces, saying that we're just beginners, Lord. We're just learners, but thankful that there is more for us in you. Could you teach us? Could you give us an appetite? Could you give us a spirit of prayer this morning? Could you put something new? Could you put something fresh in our hearts? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke 15, 2. For any old bangers here this morning. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. I was reading this this morning. And uh, well, I've been re- reading this this week. It's what I've got to in the Bible. I suddenly realized reading it that this was about prayer. The Pharisees, the religious people, the Rolls Royces of that generation, they grumbled at Jesus and they said, this man receives sinners and eats with them. You're a sinner. I'm still a sinner. I'm a sinning saint. God has, 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 has made me right with him by his son. God has put his Holy Spirit in me and I am grateful for that. But I am still a very flawed human being with a long way to go. This man receives sinners and he eats with them. Um, this Christmas uh, time, one of the lovely things that I did was I went with my son to St. Paul's Cathedral to the carol service there, which was absolutely amazing. But I knew that in St. Paul's Cathedral, there was one of the, the uh, copies of The Light of the World uh, by Holman Hunt. And so uh, I sneaked away at the end, found this great big picture, much bigger than I thought, and took a picture of it. And um, there it is. There's the, the face in that. It's called the light of the world. And it's a picture of Revelation 3.20. And this is what that verse says. And it says this um, on, the, uh, on the actual picture there. Look, look. Except it says it in the King James Version. This is the international standard version because it's more understandable. Look, 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 look. Let's go better to the picture. Look, what's he doing? I'm standing at the door. Apparently that means I've taken my stand at the door and I am still standing. Look, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. What is the door? It's my heart. It's your heart. Somebody is knocking at your heart this morning. Who is it? It's Jesus. Jesus is knocking the old children's chorus. Jesus is knocking, patiently waiting, knocking at my heart's door. Do not reject him, humbly accept him now and forevermore. He's knocking. And if we will open the door, and that is prayer in a nutshell, he's knocking. He's always knocking. And he's waiting for us to just open that door morning, noon, and night, and every minute in between. And he says, I will come in, and I will eat with him, that he wants to eat with us. He wants to enjoy our company. He wants to give us his food. He will eat with me. Somebody once said prayer is like breathing. And I've got a picture of some lungs 
here. This is, uh, I hope it's simple enough, but here's your lungs. This is inhalation. Uh, what's inhalation? Breathing in. And there's the picture. You've got this diaphragm. You've got these two massive organs, these lungs, and uh, our life completely depends on that. It was a miracle that Ella survived 32 minutes without breathing, isn't it? Without oxygen. It was extraordinary that she would do that. Because you can't. If something happens to your brain, your body starts to die. And if we don't pray as Christians, we begin to die spiritually. So what do we do? We have to exercise our diaphragm. If you would like to just put your hands underneath your rib cage, you don't have to do this, but it's an interesting exercise, right? So now I want you to um, pull your diaphragm open, stretch it. That's breathing in and breathe out. So you see the thing, don't you? You're relaxing it. And that's prayer, isn't it? It's taking Jesus into our lives and his life-giving word and the oxygen and the joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness and the thoughts and the things that we are to pray about. They come in through prayer. Prayer is like breathing. The Bible says pray at all times. It says pray continually, not because it's trying to make us feel bad about the times that we're not praying, but just that we can pray at all times. And the more we do, the more oxygen we're going to have in our lungs and the more useful we're going to be to God. I want to tell you a, a little story from the Bible about prayer. Matthew 17, verse 1. And I hope you find this encouraging. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and he led them up a high mountain by themselves. These were the three key people, weren't they? Uh, there was the twelve, and then there was the three. I don't know why Jesus chose Peter, James, and John. I'm glad he did, especially Peter, because he was always messing up. And uh, it says he took them. He took them. Who would like Jesus to take them further into prayer. Well, that's what he was doing. He took them, and it says, and he led them up a high mountain. Prayer is a very high mountain, and it's a joy just to be at the bottom of it. But it, it's higher. There's more for us. I felt God challenging me recently and encouraging me. Uh, sometimes as we pray, God speaks to us. Sometimes when we're not praying, God speaks to us. And I usually find the way I, I know God's speaking to me is he speaks to me when I'm not really li- listening. And then I know it's him. And the other day I just felt uh, the, these words come to me in a very natural uh, way. Um, I want to teach you how to labor in prayer. I just felt that's what God was saying to me. Because I'm I'm reasonably good at praying for my stuff and praying about things that concern me and getting in enough of the presence of God to keep me happy for the day. But actually praying for other people, I felt it's like God wanted to take me up the mountain. And the encouraging thing was that he seemed to be saying to me, I want to teach you, not get in there and do it. And here it says he took them. And he led them up a high mountain by themselves. There's a beautiful thing about praying together, isn't there? I love praying together. I said to somebody the other day, the prayer meeting, come to the prayer meeting for me is not a big effort. It's not a task. You'd have to shoot me to stop me coming. 
That's the way I feel about it, because I get something out of it myself too, because I'm praying that he took them up by themselves and yet together. And that's going to be our experience this week as we're learning to pray together. Somebody said that prayer is better caught than taught, and actually being, praying with other people is really helpful. And it says he was transfigured. So no prizes for guessing which mountain this was. It was the mountain of transfiguration, right, uh, in Israel. And it's still there today. He was trans- transformed, is another translation, transfigured. He was completely changed. And his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. He became something they had never seen Jesus like this before. They knew that he healed the sick. They knew he was lovely. They knew he was kind. They knew he was powerful. They knew that he made people cross because he said straight things to them. But they'd never seen his face shining like the sun and his, his clothes as white as snow. Do we know the holiness of God? Do we know the greatness of God? Do we know God as the creator of all things, great and small? He wants to reveal more of himself to us. And that's exciting, isn't it? Anybody want to know more of Jesus than they know today? Lord, show us more. Be transformed before us. Let your face shine like the sun. Then it says there, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. What are these guys doing in the prayer room? Suddenly Moses and Elijah come up. They represent the the law and the prophets. Who has a problem reading the Old Testament sometimes? Well, they're here to give you a hand. Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. And it says in another trans, in another gospel, they were talking to him about his exodus is the word, the Greek word that used. They're talking about his departure because actually within a couple of weeks he was going to be crucified and he was going to be buried and he was going to be raised from the dead and he was going to ascend into heaven. What did they talk about? Well, Moses might have said, well, you know, I know something about Exodus. Uh, there's, a, there's a book I wrote about it. And maybe Elijah said, well, um, transfiguration, that's kind of, you know, what happened to me. I had a pretty good uh, exit when he went away in the chariot. There were two, the two people, interestingly enough, who never died in the Bible. Maybe there's one other person at the beginning. What's his name? The guy who walked with God and was not. Sorry? Enoch, that's right, Enoch. Um, and so, yeah. They were just having this conversation with Jesus. It was almost like the Old Testament, the law and the prophets, confirming that what Jesus was about to do and as die as the Lamb of God on the cross was the fulfillment of the law and the prophets completely. Job said this. He said, I don't withdraw from his lips command. I treasure his words more than my daily food. They were word people, weren't they? As we read the law, we read the Old Testament, we can feed on God. As we read the words of the prophets, as Job said, we should treasure these words more than my daily food. If there's one way I just like to say personally that I find God more than any other way, it's in the pages of the Bible. I have faith for it. I, 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 I open up my Bible and I expect that God will speak to me personally through the pages of the book. And as he does, Joy comes. 
It's not surprising. Jeremiah said this. He said, your words were found and I ate them. And your words became to me the joy, the joy. Shall we say those two words? The joy, the joy. Your words became to me a joy and the delight of my soul. You see, the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. It says every word of God is breathed in by the Holy Spirit. He wrote everything there. So there's no surprise that we would experience the Holy Spirit as we read the words of the Bible. So let's expect more. Let's spend time just reading and meditating on these things. You don't have to read much a day. Maybe it's good sometimes to read big chunks. Sometimes all I read is one verse in a day and it's enough. It's enough. I draw from those words something beautiful. So what happened? The same thing that happens to us in prayer. Peter got distracted. Peter said, who's done this? You're praying. Beep. Your phone goes. Got an important WhatsApp message. Um, Your thoughts go, oh, I've got a really good idea. Uh, Oh, yeah. Um, I'm a bit thirsty. You know? All these things happen to us when we pray. It's happened to Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter said to Jesus, it was a really dumb thing to say, Lord, it's good that we are here. That's not the point, really. This is actually all about Jesus and Moses and Elijah. Oh, but it's good that we're here, isn't it? It's kind of us getting in the way, isn't it? If you wish, I'll make three tents here. I'm a good builder. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. So he wanted to preserve that moment. If it had been today, he'd have taken a picture, wouldn't he? You know, we spend so much time taking pictures of our holidays that we don't actually enjoy the experience in the in the now. That's what Peter was doing. He said, I want to preserve this for history. This is amazing. I've got Jesus and Moses and Elijah all in one place. Let's build something and remember this. But it was, wasn't what God was doing. Peter wanted to do something. God wanted him to listen. He was still speaking, verse 5, when behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, Peter, James, John, this. If it's not enough for Moses and Elijah, this is me. I'm telling you, this is my son, my beloved son, and I'm very pleased with him. He's the only Rolls Royce there will ever be. I'm well pleased with him. Just listen to him. Just listen to him. And that's prayer, isn't it? It's hearing from God, experiencing God, and listening to him. Peter said this later, we were there, we were there, when he was given honor and glory by God the Father, when the voice came to him from the supreme glory, saying, this is my own dear son, with whom I'm pleased. He never forgot that moment, did he? Even though he was embarrassed by God himself, he said, I'm This is my own dear son with whom I'm pleased. We ourselves heard this voice coming from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. So what happened? When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and they were terrified. 
That's amazing, isn't it? And that's true worship, actually, isn't it? The word worship in the Old Testament means to prostrate yourself, to lie flat on the ground, where it's all about him, all about him and not about us. But Jesus came, as he does, like he says, I'm going to eat with you sinners. I want you to come. Jesus came and he touched them and he said, rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. I was listening to a guy uh, recently, a guy called Arthur Burt. Uh, anyone remember Arthur Burt? Did you actually go out to Wales? To, uh, he, he had this place where Bob did. Yeah, I think you did. It was a fellowship holiday years ago, and he spoke at our, at, at our church then. Uh, he was a, a, an old prophet. He had lived with Smith Wigglesworth, so he, he'd seen one or two things. And um, uh, I was listening to something. He died in, I think, 2011, aged 104. And he was a remarkable man. Uh, and um, But he said this. Um, he said, I don't want to know he said, I don't want to know how you get revival. I know that, he said. It's God stretching out his hand. He said, what I want to know is how you stop revival. How do we stop God doing what he wants to do? And in the end, it's us, isn't it? It's us and our pride that's going to get in his way. So we have to be like this. When they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. I'm going to finish there this week. I'm going to carry on next week by God's grace. Let's just finish with that Revelation 3.20 verse, if we could just bring that up. Do the musicians want to just come up for a second? Would that be all right? Look, I'm standing at the door and knocking. It would be lovely to sing that one, how good it is to be loved by God. How good. How good it is to be loved by God, isn't it? Look, I'm standing at the door and knocking. Shall we just stand? Jesus wants to take us up the mountain. He will lead us up this high mountain. We just have to be willing, don't we? Maybe you just raise up your hand if you want, you just want to acknowledge with me, I want him to take me up. I want him to take me higher. I want to learn how to pray better and more effectively. Look, I'm standing at the door. He's standing at the door. Jesus, always, he's taken his stand and he is standing. Thank you, Lord, you're standing at the door. This morning, Lord, even as we stand here, Lord, before you. Maybe we're a burnt out old banger. We feel like sinners, Lord, but we thank you that you're not cross with us like the Pharisees. You, you, you take sinners in, Lord, and you want to eat with them, Lord. We thank you. You're, that's the one that's knocking this morning, saying, let me into your life. Let me in the front door. Let me in the porch. Let me into the hallway. Let me into the kitchen. Let me into the attic.
the place where nobody sees and you wouldn't want anybody to see. Jesus is saying, you can let me in. You can let me in. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Teach us how to communicate with you. Teach us. Teach us how to pray, Lord. Transform yourself in front of our eyes, Lord. Show us your glory. Show us your holiness. Show us your greatness. Show us your mercy, your kindness, Lord. Show us that you love us more than we think you do, Lord. How good it is. How good it is, Lord, to be loved by you. We pray this morning, even as we pray, you will answer. You will give us joy because we find this week you're taking us up the mountain. You're teaching us how to pray. You're showing us things. Oh, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, God of love, I come to you again, knowing I'll find mercy. I can't explain all the things I see, but I'll trust in you. Let's sing it. good it is to be loved by you how good it is Um, we know the enemy wants us to believe that it's not good to be loved by God he wants us to believe that God's plans are not as good as our plans or his plans heaven forbid but um, God is good 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 and it's absolutely amazing that he loves us isn't it it's incredible that this good perfect Holy God loves us so much that he gave his son to die for us. Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that your plans for us are good. Thank you that your plans for us as individuals are good, so good. Your plans for us as a church together are so good. Lord, we want to pray, Lord God. Thank you for what Nick shared this morning, Lord God. So good. We want to pray, Lord, that we may believe more and more in your goodness, that we will walk more and more in your ways, Lord, and that we'll find ourselves in that place of a beautiful, joyful, wonderful prayer more and more. Lord Jesus, lead us, we pray. Good God, great God, loving God, holy God, lead us, we pray. Amen. Amen. Can I just quickly share something? Um, It's just a bit of a testimony from this week. Um, And when Nick was sharing, it just came to my mind again. So I just want to share it. It might be encouraging for someone. But um, this week, I... um, it's like the new new routines, new rhythms, kids are back to school. And I was like, right, God, I've really got to tackle this thing about prayer. Come on, I'm going to get new rhythms. I'm going to set my alarm early. I'm going to really try. I'm not a morning person. I'm going to really try and do this this year. And um, anyway, I was doing that. I was reading a bit more of my Bible than I maybe have done over Christmas. And you get distracted. And it got at the end of the week. And um, I was with some mates in the morning praying. And I was just like, do you know what? I'm just really grumpy. I'm still really grumpy and I don't know why. Like, I'm spending more time with God. And obviously, He was speaking to me and doing stuff in my heart, but I'm, not, I'm just really grumpy still. Things that I 
you know, good stuff's happening and stuff is happening in our week. And I was just thinking, why am I not excited by this? Like, why isn't this bringing me much joy? And um, as the day went on on Thursday, I just felt God saying to me, you're discouraged. You've got a heavy heart of discouragement. And to be honest, it's one of those moments where I was just like taken a bit aback because I thought, I'm discouraged. That's not really my personality. That's not who, you know. And um, I just felt God just say to me, there's things that you have seen or things that you've prayed about, things that you've come to me about, things that have happened um, last year that you have feel disappointed about and discouraged. And you're coming to me and actually you're not, thinking oh god you can do this because i feel deep down that i feel discouraged what's the point what's the point <laughs> um and i just i just wanted to share that because i don't know if there's maybe some people here that even you're trying your heart is to pray that actually you're carrying a heaviness of discouragement and actually god actually just can bring revelation and he's you know we sang in this song that he's so he loves us and that was just a moment of God's love to me to say actually you're you're carrying discouragement here you're discouraged um and if that's you I just you know if you're feeling heavy or you're finding a bit of a oh I'm just feeling like I'm just and I'm not feeling joyful actually just to come to God and he in his kindness will show you maybe what that thing is that's stopping you that blocking you know we saw about the the breath in the lungs actually there was just something there for me that was stopping that connection and um if that's you I'd love to pray for you and it was amazing when I just brought it to God I was like I don't know the complexities of this and maybe I actually I think I am feeling discouraged with what happened last year um and I'm starting to process now but actually you know, God, you're good. And I started declaring that over me. God, you love me. You've got good things for me. And something just lifted. And I, you know, it's not like I'm jumping around for joy. I'm not leaping around the houses, but actually there's something of like God's kindness. And I just feel like, no, my change of my heart, my heart became hard and there's a softness. And I just feel God, no, you're good. And there's truth and there's life. And that, that, that lies got into my mind those things got into my mind and the devil wants to do um but truth came and you know now my i'm still not great at praying you know i'm really trying but actually there's a there's a joy and there's something that has just lifted so if you're feeling heavy burdened or heavy hearted or just not oh um i'd love to pray for you that god would just lift off in a, in a moment amen thanks sarah so much we're going to uh, bring the meeting to an end now. We're going to have some coffee. But don't, you know, let's just pause for a moment. Just encourage you just to pray with the person next to you, perhaps just to seal what God has said this morning to us. Uh, you may want to just share something of, of, you know, what you feel of the desire for joy, the desire to go deeper with God. But uh, let's not, you know, rush away. Let's just pause for a moment and just, uh, you know, pray together, pray with one another. Uh, yeah, thank you very much.